Today, we spend a few more minutes talking about apologetics. In our churches, we love to use big words. We obfuscate our pedagogy through superfluous grandiloquence, manifesting hubris instead of demureness. See what I mean? Inconceivable. While I might have a speech impediment, I certainly do not want to have a preach impediment. These get in the way of God's message reaching our hearts and minds. Let's dig through those big words and learn something incredible. Thank you for listening to Preach Impediments, made possible by Eden Hollow. Check out what's being written and made available by going to EdenHollow.com. If you stayed tuned, at the end of the episode, we have a special offering for you that you'll want to hear about, so make sure you listen to the end of today's episode. Let's jump right in. If I'm being honest, I have a hard time with today's episode. I love talking about apologetics, and there are a hundred different directions I could go talking about it. There are so many topics, so many evidences, so many philosophical thoughts that we could dig into. I have taught whole quarters, uh, Bible classes of 26 lessons, and even then, I do not feel like I really scratched the surface of the topic of apologetics. What is apologetics? It's giving a defense for what you believe. 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 13, says, Who then will harm you if you are devoted to what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear or be intimidated, but in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for the hope that is in you. Yet do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that when you are accused, those who disparage your good conduct in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Again, that's 1 Peter 3, verse 13 through 17. And the word that we are using for apologetics is really comes from the root word, the Greek word here, where it talks about giving a defense. And that's what we're supposed to be ready to do. When we face difficulties, when we face opposition, when we are suffering for the sake of wearing the name of Christ, we should be ready to give a defense for what we believe. As we talked about with Aaron just the other day, that might be helping someone see the purpose or the why behind their suffering. Where is God when things go wrong? Giving a reason for that can be so helpful to help people understand that God is active and God is doing amazing things. It might just be having a stronger faith and understanding why you believe what you believe and why what you believe matters. There could be dozens of other reasons why you would be called to give a defense for the hope that is in you with reason. And that's why studying apologetics matters. I think oftentimes for Christians, we deal with this feeling of doubt or we deal with the reality that sometimes things just don't make sense. And we feel like we've done something wrong when we ask questions of ourselves or ask questions of God or even ask questions of those spiritual giants in our lives, those people that we trust. 
we, we feel like it's wrong to, to be exploring deeply some of the ideas and maybe even calling into question some of the things that we've held true for so long. And let me encourage you, don't be afraid to ask questions. If our goal is to get to the truth, the truth isn't scared of truth. The truth isn't scared of our questions. The truth is what's there to give us answers to our questions. And so like Jesus says over in John 13, the truth shall set you free. We shouldn't be scared of truth. So what is the most important question on earth that any person can ask? I would argue, and I'm sure there would be many answers that many different people would give, but I would argue that the most important question that you can ask is, does God exist? Is there a logical reason for believing in God? You know, the truth is, we have to wrestle with that question. There is no absolutely sure answer to that question. You have to believe it because the evidence points you to the direction of putting your faith in that. But faith is necessary. Like it says over in Hebrews 11 verse 6, For without faith it's impossible to please God. For he who believes must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So we have to, with faith, believe that God is, believe that he exists, believe that he is active and doing things on our behalf. And so we need to wrestle with this question of, does God exist? Is there truly a God? You know, we can come up with all sorts of reasons as to why. And again, that's one reason I love the study of apologetics, is that we can come up with with dozens of explanations, all with great logical value to them. You know, for instance, something must have always existed or you have to argue that something came from nothing. I would believe as a Christian that something came from nothing or something came from something because God created something out of nothing. That idea that God created, that God started it all, that God made everything exist and everything possible is part of the study of apologetics. It is part of what we are discovering when we ask the questions about whether God exists or not. And so when we're left with those two options, either something had to always exist for us to exist today, or it didn't always exist, but, but somehow it came from nothing. Then you've got to wrestle with the question of, well, how did that something come from nothing? Uh, it really gets somewhat complicated. But ultimately, it's simple. C.S. Lewis states, If I swallow the scientific cosmology as a whole, and there we go using big words to talk about simple ideas. But that idea of if I swallow the scientific community's explanation as to how things exist, if I swallow that as a whole, then not only can I not fit in Christianity, but I cannot even fit science. If minds are wholly dependent on brains, and brains are only biochemistry, and biochemistry in the long run is only the meaningless flux of atoms, I cannot understand how the thoughts 
of those minds should have any more significance than the sound of the wind in the trees. Do you hear what Lewis is saying here? He's saying that if we merely are the product of biological uh, gambling, then why would we trust our ability to think and reason and figure anything out in the first place? Our minds are just the biochemical processes or the atomic processes of matter working with matter. There's really no great significance to any thought that we have. But if we believe that our thinking is significant and that we have capabilities to think and reason and to plan and to figure out the future and to remember the past and do all the things we do with our mind, well, then there must be somehow a purpose or a reason behind all of it. And apologetics seeks to figure that out. That, along with hundreds of other questions. You see, apologetics digs into how old is the earth? And how can we know the answer to that question? And what does the evidence point to? Could miracles have happened? Are, are miracles a likely scenario in a existent where there is a supernatural God? Or should we dismiss miracles as ever having been possible? Is the Bible accurate? Is it full of errors and mistakes? Could Noah have survived the supposed flood that destroyed the entire world? Did dinosaurs exist alongside of man? Because that's something you have to believe if you believe in the creation story. Was there an ice age? When was the ice age? What impact did it have on the world? There's even questions that are more philosophical in nature, like if God is good and powerful, why does evil exist? How can all these awful things that happen in our world happen when there is a God who should be good enough to stop it and should be powerful enough to stop it? Maybe another way of wording that is, does evil have a purpose? You see, apologetics seeks to provide answers for all of the difficult conundrums of life. Your study of apologetics will lead to greater personal faith. It will cause us not to just have answers, but to have a reason for holding on to the belief that there is a God, that he is good, that he is powerful, and that he is involved in our lives. It allows us to give answers and give prepared answers for the difficult issues of life that we're going to run into, generally face first before it knocks us to the ground. A studying apologetics will, will draw us closer to God. And not just draw us closer to an understanding of God, but draw us closer to Him in a personal relationship. Allow us in our personal strivings to wrestle with the concept of who God is and what He means to us. It will allow us to be firm in our faith when we are confronted. And I tell you, if you're out there living like a Christian, we will be confronted with questions, with conflicts, and maybe even with contradictions that we don't really know how to give answers to. Ultimately, apologetics comes down to your worldview. And that is not a term we've talked about a lot on this podcast, but it is something we've hit every now and then. For instance, in the interview I did with Shane Scott about postmodernism. 
worldview is essentially the, the lenses or the eyes with which you view the world. And the way we view the world absolutely affects every other answer that we have to every other question. For instance, do we believe in God or not will depend on whether we are willing to accept the possibility of unnatural or supernatural truth. You see, if I approach the world with this idea that everything has to be explained in natural terms, everything has to be explained in nature, well, I am leaving out any possibility that there is something that is outside of nature. But if I'm willing, because of my worldview, to accept that there could be unnatural things or supernatural things, well, then that leaves open the door for God. You might, if you are coming from a more secular background instead of a faith-based background, go, well, of course, the answer to that is everything is natural. But here's the problem with that. Not even most scientists believe that. When we start getting into theoretical ideas and theoretical science, we are confronted with all sorts of things that our observations of the natural world cannot explain. And therefore, we are left with the possibility of maybe there are things in our universe that, that science can explain. And if it can't explain it, you know, it's unnatural in the sense of which we have no ability to truly understand it or explain it in a natural way. Well, if some unnatural or supernatural things are possible, why isn't any unnatural or supernatural thing possible? And how do you know the difference between what is tr possible and what is impossible? All of this comes back to the study of apologetics. And that's why this topic is so great. I mentioned in my interview with Aaron that the two largest sections of my library are history books and apologetics. And I think the reason for that is because as a preacher, I have faced so many questions, oftentimes from young people who are just setting out on their path of life and asking these difficult questions. But I've faced so many difficult questions that I did not feel prepared to answer. And I wanted to be able to answer them. So I have studied and studied and studied this topic. It is such a great topic to dig into. And I would encourage you to, to do so, to look up different books that might be useful in order to help you study these ideas. One great place to begin would be the books by Lee Strobel, like A Case for Faith, A Case for a Creator, A Case for Christ. Uh, other books that you might consider would be I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. And you can find any of these on Amazon and in other places. Do some study of this topic. Because we, as the people of God, need to be willing and able to give a defense for the hope that is in us. With reason. So that people can know that he truly is a great and awesome God. I hope this episode has been helpful to you. It's nice and short. But again, I hope it has motivated you to want to go and dig into this topic a little more. There are so many great resources out there that can be helpful to you. And if we can be helpful to you in some way, please reach out and let us know. 
Thanks again for listening to Preach Impediments. There will be more episodes coming up, so I encourage you to continue uh, coming to the website or listening on your podcast player. And if you get a chance, share these episodes with others. We want to be helpful to as many people as possible. You know, I don't even know how many people listen to this podcast. I've, I've not looked it up. I don't really care to look it up. But I do want people to hear the Word of God. And if you can do that by sharing an episode that has meant something to you with others, and they can, through hearing this podcast, be challenged in their faith and be brought closer to God in the words that they're hearing, then this will be time well spent for me and by those that I've been interviewing over the past several months. Let people know about the podcast and let us know if you've got any questions. Until next time. At Eden Hollow, we want to give you a greater chance to dig deeper into these words discussed each week on the podcast. We have created a downloadable, printable guide for you to use as you listen to each topic discussed on Preach Impediments. It is a set of guided worksheets you can use as you listen each week. These can be used as a Bible study curriculum, or we are even using them as a Bible study curriculum for our kids. When you go to PreachImpediments.com, just click on the subscribe to our newsletter button at the top right of the page, and we will attach it in our next newsletter coming out soon. We hope this will help you learn even more from God through his word. Thanks again for listening.